Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm Beth. And I'm Amy. We are Sisters Sisters Talking Talking in Circles. This is the time for you to enjoy your favorite beverage. And connect with us about the frantic lives we lead. Welcome to our circle. Hello, friends. Welcome back to our third and final installment of Raising Adults. And this week we are talking about raising women. I am the only one of us who has daughters. But God saw fit to give me three. So basically, it's one for each of us. Works for me. I figured you'd be okay with that. Yes, I have three daughters. Um, right now, their ages are 13, 11, and oh, almost 10. Stop it. Baby, it's almost 10, you all. We're old. Anyway, so I have four kids, and we, last week we talked about my oldest dues. I have always thought that I would have all boys. In college, I was always with guys. I'm a guy's girl. I like to watch sports. I'm not super girly. So I always just thought I'd have a bunch of boys. Of course, I get pregnant, have my first kid. Boy, I'm like, yep, here we go. So I go to the second ultrasound with Kayla. And I'm thinking they're going to tell me it's a boy. And I was hoping for that, actually, because Kayla and Deuce are only 15 months apart. And I go and they tell me it's a girl. And I like I didn't know what to think. I didn't think I could be a mother of a girl. Like, I didn't know how to do that. I can I'm understand not, that. I'm not girly. I'm not into fashion. I, you know, I just, what am I going to do? And, of course, she was so teensy and uber girly. Like, when she <laughs> yeah. was six months old, if she was crying at the store, if you took her to the shoe aisle, she would calm down. And remember, Beth, she used to come to your house and play with all your jewelry? Oh, my gosh. All we did was dress up all day long. Yes. She's the one that started calling you Aunt B. You're, yeah, she gave you the name. So anyway, I had Kayla and then, you know, we find out Lainey's a girl. And so I'm like, OK, two girls. Then when we get pregnant with Josie, Deuce cried at the ultrasound where they told us it was another girl. He said God promised him he would have a brother because he already had to deal with two sisters. Lo and behold, I had three girls, three and under. And I will say I constantly get, oh, oh, you have three girls. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, three daughters. Oh, you poor thing. And I'm to the po- I used to answer nicely. I'm to the point now where I respond to that quite hatefully. I do not like it. They're like, oh, you poor thing. I'm like, why? What's wrong with that? Why is that a bad thing? And they're like, yeah. oh, well, I mean, you know, girls are drama. And I'm like, well, obviously you never had a teenage son. <laughs> anyway, I love being a mother of girls. I have fun. There's a there's a sisterhood to it. Like we talked about last week, you know, it's as your mother to a son, it's you, you feel a job to protect them, right? Because a lot of people yes. aren't trying to protect them. But True. as daughters, I'm not trying to protect those girls. I'm trying to make them tough as nails. Like I'm like, <laughs> it's a sisterhood. It's a it's a like bonding thing. Like I can't wait for them to watch the movies we've watched. We've mentioned that on here before. And I can't wait to show them this. And I can't wait to do this with them. And I can't wait for all these things. It's actually fun. Now, I'm not saying all the time it's fun. I'll tell you a story later. It's not always fun. But for the most part, we have a good time. And my three girls, polar opposite, all three of them. I've got the nerdy feminist. That's the oldest. Then I've got the, what would you call her? What would you call Lainey? I don't know. She's, she's, she's girly, but in her very own way. Like not anti-pink, anti-purple. She doesn't like any girl colors. Red, gray, and black is about all she wears. But then she's so vain about that hair. Yeah, she's like girl power, not necessarily girl power in that she... She's into comics, and she's into horses, and she wants to farm, and... Yeah, I don't know. When she was really little, remember we used to say, oh, she's going to be a tomboy. You know, she's always going to be 
getting dirty and playing with the boys and whatever. And now I don't think that now I just think she's really comfortable in her own skin yes. and being a woman, but she's very strong. Like she's just not girly. Like she's, but she's definitely not a tomboy anymore. No, she likes to plan the outfits. They're kind, not grunge. I don't even know what to call her. Anyway, I, I see her on a motorcycle one day. Let's put it that way. That's what she I see. Reminds me of, you know, <laughs> she reminds me of my sister a lot. Likes to yes. play with cows, but she yes. wants to look good while she's doing it. <laughs> and then there's Josie, who is very girly in the way that she dresses and very organized and put together and knows what she wants out of life and is not afraid to get it from anybody. She runs the house. She can be mean as a snake. She cheats at games. She's pretty cutthroat. She's my girl. Like, her and me, we got this. She does everything for me. So, they're all three very strong, independent women. That three of them love each other, which makes me happy, obviously. Because all I ever want... When I had, found out I was having Kayla, I just really wanted to give her a sister. She had to have a sister. I had a sister. Sisters are important. And now she's got two. And they're very close in age. But my biggest beef with raising them in today's society is that people assume that they're hard to deal with or they're hard to raise. Or, or if we hear one more time, your, be- your hun- husband better clean his guns. I'm like, why? Nobody's going to mess with the three of them. They're mean. Like, <laughs> we're, I'm probably going to be consoling more boys than I'm going to be chasing off my porch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I've tried to surround them with, they're obviously, they're surrounded with strong females. I mean, look at the three of us. Amazing, right? But I've also tried to surround them with what to look for in a partner, like what help mate you need. So, mm-hmm. you know, with all of our husbands, obviously they need to pick someone who can deal with any attitude calmly and support them and let them find their passion and do what they love and evidently go to China and buy them red flags with horses on them. R- flags. What do you buy? A fan. Remember that? a fan. Yeah. And she <laughs> thought, Lainey May thought. He didn't even mean to, I don't think. Like, I don't no, think he was. No, it was an toe accident. She will love this fan because it's red and has horses on it. But when he gave it to her, this was when she still didn't talk to anybody. Because Lainey May, you all, if you saw her, everyone, everyone always says, she reminds me of Violet from The Incredibles. She reminds me of Violet from The Incredibles. And yes, she does. Her hair, she yeah. And when she was little, she did the thing that Violet used to do where she covers her face up. She hid behind her hair. And so that's when she was still hiding behind her hair. And she just looked at him and grinned real big. I was like, oh, my. <laughs> I want to show them that the sky is the limit. And we do all of the sciency, you know, whatever they're interested in, we do. Kayla has done engineering overnights. Um, as of right now, she wants to get a doctorate in three different sciences and then teach girls to love science is what she says. So, all right. I just want them to know they can do whatever they want. Um, they're also where we homeschool. It's neat because. Most of their teachers are moms of their friends. And so they're very invested in them, right? Like they're very, Sarah, Kayla needs to take this if she wants to do this and blah, blah, blah. And they're very, like I get calls all the time. You should sign her up for this or you should see if Lainey wants to do this. And it's so awesome to have that group of people invested in my children's education as a whole. But really for the girls to show them all the things they could be. And it's so funny because our whole life, our dad was the kind that like, you know, he had a, an account, so Beth and I never had to pump our own gas at the yeah. first conversation. And Daddy was just very, women did this and men did this. Not in a mean way, not in a condescending way. If I'd ever come to him and said, you know, I want to go to the Army, he wouldn't have said no. But he just, you know, he was very yeah. traditional roles. He is not that way with my girls. He told him he found him a college. 
he's found him some college and on the college's web it's a all girls school but on the college's webpage it says something about turning women into leaders of tomorrow and he's like i just love the way that sounded sarah <laughs> wants him to go there and i was like oh, okay okay but i feel very lucky to have you two helping me raise them because i need people who help me Beth helps them get their whole creativity stuff out because Lord knows that's not on me. Well, I'm worried one day. The last two times they've come over for girls night and they spend the night and we watch girl movies because I obviously have two boys. So I can't watch girl movies with anybody else. And they all sleep in the same bed with me and we eat popcorn and whatever. Well, the last two times when we do like a transition from the living room to my room. So we'll watch like two movies in the living room and eat a bunch of food. And then we'll come to my room. We'll put on our PJs before we get in bed. And the last two times we've talked about, like, one of them will ask me some random question. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, my bud moment where I'm like, okay, let's have a serious talk. And I don't remember who it was. I think it was probably Kayla. So something about a guy and, you know, well, what if somebody, what if a guy likes this or like that? And I just went off. And I was like, guys, yeah. I'll tell you what you like. You do. And I went off on a big tangent. And they all three looked at me like, what is happening? So unfortunately they may get all of my talks because I can't have those talks of my kids. So they're just going to, yeah. And Amy just wants them to marry one of her boys. As long as one of them marries one of Amy's boys, we're good. Right. I'm not picky. I'm not either. I mean, I'm just trying to look out for them. It'll make life a lot easier on all of them. Like yeah. me and Beth are destined to be together when we're old because our kids are related. Right. Yeah. But Amy, we just need one of you had three boys and I had three girls. I, that's got to be a sign from God. Right. One of them has to marry one of them. And then that way, the holidays will just be easier on everybody else. Right. We can just spend Christmas together. That's right. And my girls have been informed that the three of us have to be together when we're old. They know they're already like, now, the problem, here's the problem. The problem is if Kayla gets custody because (laughs) she'll be mean to us, I think. Right. Yeah. Like she'll make us follow the doctor's orders and she'll take away our license. Josie will totally give us whatever we want. She's a yeah. push up as far as that goes. So I'm thinking we might need to push for the youngest having custody of us. Yeah, because I think Lainey would kind of be like, yeah, I don't really care. Just leave me alone. Yes. She'd forget her medicine. She would. <laughs> she totally would. She'd be like, I was out with the horses. But I don't want to say raising girls right now is easy because it definitely isn't. But I think there are a lot of opportunities open for them. And there are a lot of things that they can do and see. And there's books geared towards them. And I just, I think it's great. I love it. Like I said, I am all about girl power. Last week, we talked about how, you know, we feel like boys are struggling with the whole girl power situation Mm -hmm. that goes on right now. And they're not really, we're not really lifting them up. Do you think that affects your daughters at all? All this push for girls are strong and girls, what if, okay, let's say one of your daughters decides, and I know that all three of us are fine with this, but she decides she doesn't want a career and she wants to stay at home and have one kid and just. I don't know, like be the traditional mom that now people push you away from. You know, now they're saying get a career or do some big artistic talent or be an engineer or whatever. Do you uh, think that they would feel like they weren't doing what they're supposed to be doing? Does that make any sense? They're I being think pushed to be so much more right now. I don't think they get that. I don't think, obviously, I don't think they get that from anybody they're related to. But when they do talk about the future, none of them, like Josie will say she's going to have some of the kids, but she's also going to make and decorate cakes with Aunt B and decorate people's houses. When I was 13, I was not saying, I'm going to stay home with my kids. Like, that was not a, you know, yeah. like, I don't, feel, I don't feel like that was a career that we even thought about. It was like, where no, are we going to? I just, I knew I wanted kids, and I, when I was little, like, their age, mm-hmm. I remember saying, I just want to cook. I didn't know what, in what way, shape, or form, 
I just knew that I wanted to be in a kitchen. Now, when I got into college, I like forgot all about that and tried to be more whatever. But when I was little, that was my dream was to cook and have kids. So looking yes. back, I mean, yeah, that is very domestic. You know, that's your traditional role. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know what kind of pushback society will give them. I'm, I'm hoping because yeah. even now women, women are being recognized for making it all work. Or, yes. or making it all work, but trying. I think almost any judgment that people feel now, like we've talked before, it's kind of in their own head. Like they feel like they should feel bad for staying home or they feel like they should feel bad for going back to work or whatever, yeah. or not having kids or whatever. I hope to raise them to think they can't do it all. I know, right? I totally that's agree. That's my goal. I want, I want them to, like I've already started with the whole and, you know, we're just dipping our toes into the hormone issues. But I've already started, you know, like when the oldest gets upset for no reason i'm like here's some chocolate run a bath read a book and she's like what and i'm like trust me on this you got to take time to be by yourself you gotta say what you think and then go be alone you need to get away from people because nobody nobody really ever told us that and i I think that just wasn't talked about like it wasn't not that me time i'm not talking about me time or even self-care just like stepping back just step away for a moment, even if it means, you know, mama, go drive around the block, whatever it is you got to do, just you don't have to take a six week vacation. You don't have to go to a spa, you know, just step back. And so I'm already trying to teach them because I do think that's something that women need to be taught. Right. Men men are like, I'm going to play golf with my friends. We're getting together to watch the game, blah, blah, blah. But women have such a hard time just stepping back, just chill and don't make an excuse for it. Don't say, I can't make it today because I've just got too much to say. I can't make it today. And that's okay. If I can instill one thing in them, it's that A, they don't need anybody else except God and their mama. And B, that it's okay to say no to stuff. And I don't mean just the big stuff. It's okay to say, no, I don't want to go to your baby shower. No, I don't want to take that other volunteer position. No, you know, it's okay. Because I think as women, that is not a thing we are good at. Amy. No. Um. You know, I just think, I think that is a thing. If society wants to look at something that we can gear towards women, it's teaching women when to say yes and when to say no. And that you don't have to be good at everything and you don't have to juggle it all. You do not have to. Yeah, but I I do worry, that's a good point, that making sure they understand they don't have to be able to do it all. Because even though we weren't raised like at their age, I didn't feel that pressure because that was before all this nonsense started with you literally go 100 miles an hour all day long. Um, as a mother and as a wife and career. But when it hit me, when I really felt that pressure was when my kids started going to like mom's day out programs and I started to see other mothers that were not just in my little niche, you know, us basically (laughs) that were like people that I hadn't known my whole life and saw how they did things. And that's when I started to feel the pressure of, okay, you have to look good all the time. Your kids have to look good all the time. They can't throw fits in public. You have to cook for your family and be better if it was organic and from scratch your husband needs to be relaxed and you need to make sure that you're a good wife to him and that you don't go too long without sex and that, you know, let's check off all these boxes. And, and when you have to be in church every Sunday and you have to get, you have to volunteer once a month and you have, I mean, I remember thinking, okay, well me, I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm on it. And then, then I was like, I'm going to crack. My face is going to crack off because no one can do that. And I still feel the pressure, you know, 15, 20 years later, I still feel that pressure. But because when we were little, our parents didn't push us into 100,000 activities. You know, we had our normal stuff, but it was not like, oh, we have to go, go, go every night. And so I don't feel 
as far as our family goes, the four of us, I don't feel like we have to be somewhere every night. But I know a lot of families that do that. And I I want your girls to not feel that way because that is so overwhelming. I know not everybody feels that maybe, but I really do. And I, I hate it. It's so stupid. I think if anybody knows me, they don't have to worry about any of my four children feeling bad about being lazy. Well, but that's the thing, though. I didn't feel that way either. But I'm hoping because you know how to chill and you tell, like you said, you tell Kayla, hey, you need to take a break. You need to walk away. I'm hoping because when they go out in their 20s, 30s, whatever, and start having kids, I, if when they feel that pressure, because I'm sure they will, because they're going to be raised in that generation. Yes. Like, their friends are going to be overachievers and they'll have friends they that are perfect. They will never know motherhood without social media. Yeah. Right. Like that. That's always there. They can They already constantly think of. Are you going to put that on Instagram? Ooh, this will make a good picture. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I'm the opposite. When I feel all that pressure, then I am loud and proud of, I didn't clean today. We had hot dogs on bread because we ran out of buns for supper. And I'm going to lay here and watch a bunch of Bachelor. Like, I'm the opposite, which isn't good either. But, (laughs) yes, I mean, I just hope I raise them to know that they don't have to do all that. And it's so funny because, like, one day, Mom was coming to pick JoJo up for a her birthday shopping trip so mom's coming to pick her up and Kayla was having a meltdown and a half about something and so I texted mom I was like listen I'm just walking Josie out I don't even come in here because Kayla who's Kayla's best friend our mom and I was like trust me she'll try and play no she's staying here and you're taking Josie and so mom showed up with a bag of Hershey kisses for me to give Kayla <laughs> she knew she knew but yes I mean I just I want them to know they can do it all but they don't have to and they shouldn't try yeah I feel like I learned about 10 years in to having kids and to being married that I had to figure out what was important to us and to me. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like out of these 10 things, only six of them are really important to me. So the other four are going to be dropped. And I don't care if everybody judges me for it. I don't care if, you know, whatever, call me antisocial, but I knew I could never keep all 10 things going at the same time. Like it's just physically impossible. And that's okay. Yeah. I had to, I had to be okay with that. I had to make it took, but it took years for me to get to that point. Yes. The other thing that I want to really make sure is that my girls are includers and not excluders. And when I say that, I don't mean that they have to be best friends with everybody. I do want them because I think being a woman can feel very lonely. Yep. And I think that's part of the pressure we put on ourselves. Like we don't fit in. We don't know how to, you know, do they really like me? Blah, blah, blah. Guys generally aren't like that. Guys are more like, oh, you like this video game? I like this video game. Cool. We're good. You know, like guys, they don't need all those deep emotional connections like we do. So. Girls are always like, well, she said she liked me, but does she really like me? Does she like so? So anyway, I, I have preached to them because even though we homeschool, we do go to a co-op and, you know, every year we get some new kids. And so I keep telling my girls, just pay attention. If there's someone on the fringes and they're not sitting with other people, then by gosh, just go go talk to them. You know, like just invite them to do stuff and they might not want to. And then that's OK. I don't want you to bug the crap out of somebody. But, you know, just include them in the conversation. If you all are talking about you went and got new school shoes, oh, what kind of shoes do you like? Or, oh, your shoes are fun or, or what? It doesn't matter. But just inc- be an includer, not an excluder. You don't have to be best friends with everybody. You don't have to put up with crap from people. But you do need to make sure everyone's included. The same way with the moms. Like I tell the other moms that I'm like, if there's a new mom, we need to really make her welcome because she probably feels really isolated and really lonely, especially if she just started homeschooling and her kids are older. Be an includer, not an excluder. No, I agree with that. Amy, do you have any thoughts on raising women in today's society? I really hope that the women who are raising my possible future daughter-in-laws are 
raising little girls who'll realize that my boys don't need another mom when they make, get married. That mm. when you get married, that person needs somebody to support them and be a supporter, not a mom, like not a somebody else to harp on them and tell them what they're doing wrong and how to fix it and what they should be doing. Just a supporter. Yeah. Because I see women oftentimes just turning into another mom for husbands. And I don't want that for my boys. They got a mama. They need something else, like somebody that can support yeah. them in a way that I can't do that. And that's what I hope. I, I think Deuce needs a mom. I think he's he's well, gonna he's special. <laughs> he's gonna have to, like Hunter. Hunter needs Hunter's gonna have to have somebody who rides his butt. That's I mean, like I feel like Deuce needs. That oh, he too. Like, totally let somebody have, raise him. Right. Yes. Hunter would. Hunter wants another mom. Like yeah, there's a difference. There. I always joke with Beth that Hunter's gonna marry an older woman. I can't handle that thought. I, Much I older. I, no. I know you can't handle it, but it's gonna happen. <laughs> okay, I would like to end this discussion on daughters with this quote. Let's teach our daughters it's not about being beautiful. Teach them to be bold, be silly, be strong, be confident, be independent and intelligent, be brave and be fierce, be real in a world full of fake. Let's redefine beauty. I like that. Yeah. So, Elizabeth, what's your new? My new is a new podcast that I've been listening to. I'm turned into a podcast junkie over the last year or so. And I've really gotten into, I'm not sure what they're called. It's almost like a drama podcast. You know, it's not an informational, <laughs> it's like old radio, you know, where they used to tell stories on the radio. So, like, of course, now with technology, the sound effects are insane. And there's this one called White Vault. And it's, I think it's under the category of horror, which is surprising that I picked it up. But they had done, the same writers had done another podcast that I liked. So I started listening to it. Well, now I've got my 15-year-old hooked on it. And basically, it is about this group of like scientists and a doctor and like an electrician kind of guy. And they all go to this place in the middle of, I think it's like Antarctica or something. And there's like a bunker there, but they've been, the satellite that they've got there has been messing up. So they send this team of people out to investigate. So the first couple of episodes, I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Cause it's all done. You hear some of their live conversation, but then you also hear them reading like their journal entries. Cause it's all supposed to be journal entries and recordings that have happened after the, you know, that they found after the fact. So they start hearing weird noises. They're in the middle of a blizzard. They can't leave. They're afraid a polar bear is going to kill them. Come to find out there are no polar, I mean, there are polar bears out there, but that's not what they're afraid of. There's some creature. Mm -hmm. And without giving too much away, and honestly, they haven't even revealed what the creature is at this point yet anyway, but it is slowly killing them off. And it's done in really horrible ways. It rips their hearts out. It pulls their teeth out. Like I'm, I'm so surprised that I like this, but it's not, I I don't know how to, it's very eerie. So like, for instance, the other day I was vacuuming and I was here by myself and I had my earbuds in and I was listening to one of the episodes and the dog started barking here at the house and I almost peed in my pants. It scared me so bad (laughs) because I was listening to a part and they were dragging some girl out of a cave and I thought someone was going to kill me. So it's very like eerie and oh my gosh, you can't believe you're listening to it, but you can't stop listening to it once all the action starts happening. So anyway, I love it. And it's perfect for October because it's creepy. And they just came out with a third season today. So I'm going to listen to that in the morning. I'm super pumped. I love it. You are a psycho. (laughs) It is so addictive (laughs) and so good. And Landon is terrified. He went to work out in the basement the night by himself after the sun went down. And he said he came upstairs. He, I, said, what's, I said, what's wrong with you? His face is all red. He was like, man, I could have sworn that thing was down there. I was so freaked out. Oh, Landon's listening to it? Oh, Landon 
Brandon's obsessed. And he's like, I'm so freaked out, but I can't stop listening to it. Oh, my goodness. I know, right? I mean, when I was younger, I never would have listened to something like this. So it's kind of like I challenge Landon to listen to something or watch something scarier than I can watch. So now we watch zombie movies together to see which one of us gets the most scared. Okay, Amy, what's new with you? My new this week is yesterday, James and I made beef jerky. We, James has a smoker and we've done all the typical things on the smoker and now we're venturing out into new stuff and it took about six hours it is so yummy and so much cheaper than buying a bag of beef jerky at the store why is beef jerky so expensive i don't know but this was like 13 dollars for this piece of meat and we made jerky and it's really good so i'm excited that's good i'm not a fan of beef jerky but um landon adores it I like like a teriyaki beef jerky, like a sweeter one. I like that. Jeremy yeah. does like jerky a lot. Beef jerky. Do the boys like it? Uh, they won't even try it because it looks gross, they said. <laughs> That's fine. It's enough for it's enough for me and James to eat, and we like it. We'll make it a little spicier next time, probably. But it was fun to try something new. Yeah. So what's new with me is this year I challenged myself, first of all, to read 215 books, and I'm already at 238. <clears throat> Good grief. Anyway, but the second thing I challenged myself to do was to read more nonfiction. I wanted to learn more this year from my reading and not just usually. I mean, I always read books where I experience other people's lives and blah, blah, blah. But I really wanted to learn more. So I have upped my nonfiction titles and I have been very, very, very pleasantly surprised. Like right now, Beth and I are reading a book about uh, the first ladies. It's written by the the usher of the White House. And he worked with, what is it, Beth, five or six first ladies. And so he yeah. just little backstory on them it's not gossipy but it's really good another one i read is one called empty mansions the funny thing is about nonfiction is most of it and i'm not talking about memoirs mainly but most of the ones i'm reading like they just introduce me to new things like empty mansions is a book about this lady whose parents died and left her all this money and this fortune but she was a recluse and not not a recluse like crazy she just really didn't trust a lot of people And so the people that she was around, like her nurse, and the people she did trust, she gave millions upon millions of dollars to. But for years, she had just had all this money and these properties sitting all over the place. And it was fascinating to read about her. So I read that one. I read one called The Unwinding, An Inner History of the New America. That got you through the 70s to the Occupy Wall Street and showed you how like little things that were happening in the economy built on each other and what bad things happened. That was fascinating. That Neurotribes book about neurodiversity and autism. Mm-hmm. So good. Like, I feel so much smarter now because I'm reading all these books. And right now yeah. I'm reading one called My Idiot Brain. And it's basically about how people, you know, we talk about our brain like it's this big, smart thing, which it is. But also it screws a lot of things up. Like, there's a whole chapter on it about how if you replay an event in your mind a certain way and you tell that story enough, you will believe it. Like, you don't say they believe their own lies. No, really, you will. Like, we all do it. So if, like, we have a conversation with somebody and it's a fight, okay? And it happened when we were in high school. Of course, in our heads, we're going to see that in, as we were the ones that were wronged, correct? So over time, we can convince ourselves that people said things they didn't even say. Oh, I totally agree. It, anyway, it's really, the Idiot Brain book's really good. I'm reading that. So anyway, I just really want to encourage everyone to read more books to tell me about the books you're reading, and to read nonfiction. I would like to read more nonfiction. That's definitely a big thing I need to do. You've been reading more, though. I, I have, because read... I never read any nonfiction. And yeah. this year, I think I've 
I've done a lot of audiobooks for nonfiction. I think I've read five, which is a lot for me for nonfiction. Pretty fun stuff. Yeah. You know, we're just getting smarter about the day is what we're doing. I mean, it's, I didn't think it was possible, <laughs> but it is. It's kind of scary. So, what the crap. Going back to the raising daughters. So, my kids only have to get up for school one day a week, right? And I do not see, I will say it till the day that I die, I do not see how you people do this five days a week. Maybe it's easier because your kids get more of a rhythm. I don't know. Yeah. But Monday mornings are horrible around here. So we have to be there at 9 a.m., which to us is early. And last night I said, hey, get your stuff, lay out your clothes. They're like, okay, I did, I did. So about 15 minutes before we need to leave today, Kayla comes waltzing in my bedroom. And she's like, I don't have any shoes. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, I don't have any shoes. So so Kayla actually grew this year, which is odd because she's so tiny. And (laughs) none of her shoes fit except her flip-flops. And none of her, like, tomorrow I told her we're going shopping in the afternoon. She has one pair of pants because we got all the winter clothes out and she's outgrown everything. You know, her little sisters are set for life. And also Nana took them shopping this weekend. But anyway, she comes upstairs. She has no shoes, she says. And I said, okay, well, mom has given me these brown leather boots and they're like too small for me. They're like a seven and a half. Kayla wears a seven or seven and a half. Wait, I have sevens for her. Oh, bring them on over. So she sticks her foot in it and she's like, ah, it kind of pinches the top of my foot because it's it's too tight around the top of my foot. And I'm like, OK, well, then wear your purple flip flops. And then she's like, but my feet will freeze. And I'm like, OK, then wear the brown boots. But they're too tight. We went back and forth for like, for like six minutes. I said, I don't care what you do. Just make a choice. So I leave the room. I assume stupidly. I assume she's finding her shoes. I get everybody else out into the van. I go find her. She's sitting there with no shoes on. I said, (laughs) why can't you pick your shoes? She's like, because these are tight, but these, my feet will freeze. And I looked at her and I was like, do you think that I can conjure your shoes out of thin air? These are your choices. Either freeze or tight. I don't care. Pick some dirty shoes. She starts crying. She runs into her sister's room and miraculously finds a pair of tennis shoes that fit. (laughs) And and then she starts doing the whole I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry. And here's the thing. All of my teenagers, they don't, if I get mad at them, they start crying and saying they're sorry. I don't recall being that way. Like if mom was mad at me, I was like, yo, you're dumb. I mean, I don't remember being crying because she was mad at me. Yeah. You did not cry and say, I'm sorry. No. Yeah. So I'm thinking, where have I gone wrong? Like, can't they just be mad and not cry? Because I I can't handle all the crying. And that's, I don't mean I can't handle it like it makes me sad. I mean, it makes me mad. like. Why are we crying? Uh, we were we live three minutes from co-op and we were 10 minutes late. It was ridiculous. Thanks for joining us as we talk about the insanity of raising little adults. <laughs> we'll see you next week when we start talking about our fall favorites.